your first question should be, how did you learn Spanish, Matt? Me llamo Mateo. Vivo in Estados Unidos. Uh, absolutamente, senora. I did take three years of Spanish in high school. Let's welcome to the show, the out of this world, Matt Euler. Matthew J., I first met you as a set medic on an indie film, so can you tell us what all that can entail? You're the first one there. You're the last one to leave. Um, you get to learn things that most paramedics would not learn. Uh, it's a fun job. Uh, I've gotten to work on a few uh, different sets, including the one that you had a role in, Esther T. Furman. And uh, my job on that specific set as a set medic, and you got to hang out with me. Uh, I showed up. Anything happens to somebody, I, I see a problem. Maybe someone's getting dehydrated. Maybe someone's doing this because we work long days. So my job was basically to put a kibosh on you falling down. While we were on that set, you observed what the filmmakers were doing because you were working on your own scripted film. Can you tell us about the genesis for your idea? Medic Zero is based on a 50-page paper uh, that I wrote for paramedic school. And uh, I showed up late that day, and we it was going to be the reveal of like what you had to write your paper about. And I'm late, and the topic was you have to write your thesis on a pandemic. And it sucked because all the good pandemics were taken by the time I got there. So I missed out on like the Huta virus, uh, you know, the Black Plague, you know, all the fun stuff. So I asked my director of uh, medical, can I just make up something? And she's like, well, you can, but you got to tell me why and how. And so I proposed like, what would happen during a pandemic if and how would it affect fire, rescue, hospitals, services, any essential service? And she's like, I like it. So I wrote this paper and I got it. I think I got it like a B plus maybe on it. Uh, and so I was working on the set uh, uh, with you guys and I've been kind of just writing stuff down and and Miche Ritari, like who was the director, uh, he and some of the people at the top who were reading over my shoulder and they're like, wow, that's kind of cool. And so I said, you know, maybe I should make this into a movie. And they're like, all right. So that's that was where it originally came from, was just based on a paper. Your movie was about a creepy virus and death everywhere. And there were actual paranormal activities while we were filming. Can you tell us about that? Roanoke, Virginia, they're Salem, Virginia, like right next to each other. I could drive to the cemetery in probably 15 minutes. Uh, Jamie and I went to go film there and we were looking for, and if you actually watch the film, you'll see that, that funeral scene. So we went to just kind of scout location and this cemetery has like a civil war. I mean, all sorts of like majorly historic, uh, gravestones and and marble and everything and so we we went up there 
we were looking for like where to film tombstones, like what, how are we going to shoot this? What do we need to do? And like we went over to this one part where we actually filmed the the uh, the scene, and Jamie's like his screen was glitching out, his battery went from a hundred percent down to I mean his camera kept turning on and off. And so we went through four, I think three or four batteries in the span of not even 20 minutes. But that was kind of a creepy moment for, for both of us. Can you confirm for us here now if the fire department where we filmed was haunted and whether or not you heard a ghost there? I can't confirm, nor did I plead the fifth. There's a scene in the movie where I shoot a, a prop gun, you know, a, a stun gun. And, you know, it had, a, you know, a dummy round in it. And, you know, obviously we made sure everything was safe. But you, as soon as you hear that gun, and we left it in the movie, you can hear in the background at least one voice, maybe two. But we also had some shadow stuff going on, and we didn't capture that, unfortunately. But the weirdest thing that happened that day was Sarah, my co-star. Sarah is on top of the fire truck. Chris is underneath the fire truck. I'm on the side of the fire truck. Jamie's next to me with the camera. Uh, Chris Harding, my assistant director, he's over here. There are people in the bay, but this fire truck, we just hear this click, 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 click. And I'm like, what's going on? And Sarah's like, she freaks out. Wow. And for like 13, 14, 15 seconds, it may have been shorter. It probably was. But that whole truck was shaking and we couldn't be like, and Sarah's freaking out. And it just stopped. I can't confirm or deny that it's haunted, but that stuff happened. Maddie, I wanted to talk about DIY filmmaking, and sometimes you just have to build your own stuff in order to make a scene work. So can you describe for us the air cannon that you made? We needed like an explosion. And I'm like, how am I going to do this? And so I went to the hardware store, and I'm like, okay. And I was looking up different designs. So I came up with a uh, an air can that was basically a big, huge PVC pipe that goes into a smaller PVC pipe that goes into what usually is a lawn sprinkler that shoots water out. In this case, we removed the water and just air. So on the end of it, you have to basically, you could use a bike pump, you can use a compressor, and you just do it to about 120 PSI. I remember we were testing it. And I'm like, let's start at like 80 PSI because I don't want to blow up. Uh, I don't think anybody does. And we did it. It was like weak. And I'm like, oh, okay. So, you know, we started packing like dirt and tinfoil and rubber uh, mulch and flour, like baking flour in it because it would look like snow. And we cranked it up to 120 and it just went boom. DIY stuff, so the way to go. Uh, we used a skateboard as a dolly. I built this thing out of electrical piping that you see on the side of a house and put uh, rollerblade wheels and skateboard wheels. And you could just take a rubber band and stretch it out and you just let it go and it would go. And all you had to do was slow it down. Uh, all those signs, I just went to the store and got like paint and stuff and just made numbers and, and just spray painted it. And it, 
put them up on the wall in the Wells Fargo Tower. And that, that's just that easy sometimes. So that DIY filmmaking is fun. It's, it's so funny how this movie just happened. You know, when you go back to the origins of it and just how everything fell together. And uh, if you watch it, it's it's real. It's it's very human. And it's but I think it's a good story. And I got to say, big props to, to Britt Kenzie. Every single one of her makeup uh, pieces were just incredible. That really made a difference having such a pro there. Just the way everything happened and how things fell into place. And yeah, it took four years to make, or probably more than that. But the end product, uh, I mean, I can say I'm proud of it. Things happen, whether it's luck or a higher power or a combination of both. I think if you're trying to film something, you have a good story and you want to tell it, people believe in it. People make it a part of their lives too. And and that's, I can't be more grateful for being blessed if you had that opportunity. And and people would always kind of like look at, you know, have you ever done a short film? Have you ever done this? And I'm like, no, I really haven't. But uh, I'm just going to go straight for the feature like film. <laughs> and people are like, what? Yeah, it's usually the other way around. Yeah, usually it's like, you know, I made this independent film in college and all that. And, and then they worked their way up. I just, I worked my way up from being a set medic, being on the scenes of things uh, since I was young. Uh, you know, I got to be in a couple of different films. What about Bob? in that movie, you know, a couple other movies. And I just, I loved being behind the scenes and it being the set medic, you get to watch everything because you have to be everywhere all the time worrying about, is this done? How can this go wrong? You know, how can this <laughs> go right? What would I need to do if this happened? Um, but then translating that over and being on the other side of the camera uh, was, Definitely weird, uh, but I hope I pulled it off. You have a guitar, so do you know how to play music? I've got a couple of them. I mean, if you want, I can go ahead and play a few tunes for you. I grew up in the Blue Ridge Mountains. I'm, I'm bluegrass all the way. Do you play the banjo? Uh, no, I do not play the banjo. I'll leave that to deliverance. But I, I can play mandolin, guitar, 12-string guitar, bass guitar. But I was in a rock band when I was in high school called secret service nice i love music i'm a big music fan and that's why i think uh i like the music in medic zero uh jamie's son did a lot of the musical scoring for it uh and then ike spades he did uh the fire department fight we're at the haunted station allegedly haunted station and then uh a really good band called the Horse Thieves donated a song to us. That's the very end song of it, where the end credits are playing. Music is a big part of, I think, any any movie that you're doing, uh, you've got to have a good soundtrack. You've got to have good music. That have music that fits the mood. You've got to have that uh, that power behind. You know, anybody who watches the movie where they turn the sound off completely. It's not the same. It doesn't work. Um, but having those good tracks in there and having those good themes in there, like uh, that's that was one fun thing that I, 
I, I really wanted to put in Medic Zero as a good musical background. And if you listen to the music, it, it's yeah, pretty bluegrassy at some points. But I think it captured Roanoke, Virginia. The movie's set here, and even though it represents different cities, different times, um, just the the scenery here at Roanoke and and the vibe. Um, it's a great place to film because you can really do anything, and you you could have great musicians, you could have great food, you could have uh, a great atmosphere anywhere in Roanoke and film. So I agree. Yeah. Now, Matt, you're also a parent on top of everything else. So has your kid acted in anything? My son, uh, we named him after the dog. His name's Indiana. Uh, he is actually in the film very, <laughs> for a very fraction of a second. Um, and when it was filmed, he, you know, he was like uh, 13, 14, something like that. And he hasn't been in any other movies, but I'm telling you, if there was a Medic Zero 2, I think you'd do it. would be like Indiana Jones and the Temple of Medic Zero. I wanted to talk about your job. Is it true that you know how to work a pole now? Uh, what I do, I work for a fiber optic company called Glow Fiber. I uh, do inside. I'm a broadband technician. So I work with, and this is, you're going to laugh about this later. I work with tech, fiber optic technology, uh, splicing home installs, uh, repairs, troubles. Uh, I won't say I dance on the pole, but I do climb pole. You know, there's a pole involved, but there's no dollar bills in my pocket. So definitely different than uh, acting and everything. It has its days. You know, uh, one call Friday, Friday night this past week, they didn't have internet. I'm like, well, I got to figure this out. Their dog had dug into where the underground line was and chewed through it so i did make a phone call to the fiber optic company to say hey look can we stop using alpo uh flavored drops because that you know why <laughs> but you know it's it's interesting it's kind of like being a paramedic because you're on call you're uh you're in a big truck with lots of gear and you show up and you help people so uh, the only difference is I'm not like stabbing people with IVs or like, you know, sticking tubes in people's chests. <laughs> it doesn't get that involved. One of your jobs was a pizza delivery guy. Do you miss doing that? Do I miss it? Uh, no. And I swear, I won't name the pizza company that I work for, but it rhymes with uh, Rapa Wands. Uh, but if I, to this day, if I smell that pizza, I'm just like, Ooh, <laughs> when you really boil it down, you know, pizza guy delivers pizzas, goes through crazy stuff, paramedic delivers patients, hopefully hot and warm, like the pizzas to the hospital. And now being a, an actor, you're delivering a hot and fresh, uh, audience <laughs> fun. And then being a broadband technician, you're delivering fiber optic internet to people. So it's all about service. It seems like you've gone full circle. Well, thank you so much for joining me, Matt. I miss you. I hope I get to see you soon. Bye, Esther. Rowdy, down, down. Rowdy, come on. Uh oh, all right. Have a good one. Thanks for hanging out with us on another episode of Cielo Vision. 
As always, come back for more. We'll see you next time if the creek don't rise. <laughs>